going to talk about some of the lies, the common lies boys believe today. Aaron and Jason Davis are are raising four boys, so they have lots of personal experience about the lies that are unique to young men today. And they address some of these prevalent lies and, and the truth that sets them free in the resource Lies Boys Believe and the Epic Quest for Truth. And good morning. Good morning. How are you all today? Doing well. I'm so glad we were able to connect. Us too. So you got you got to help me understand what is it first of all for a uh, I'm a parent with has one daughter and I've often thought wow God knew what he was doing by just giving me the one what is it like having four boys? Uh, if I could sum it up in a word, I think I'd use loud. What would you say? <laughs> uh, loud is a good one. Maybe uh, wild and crazy. Yeah, but really fun. <laughs> Often I think of uh, this kind of scenario like my big fat Greek wedding. Do you remember that scene where yeah. the, the the gal comes in with her three boys and they're just all over the place? And yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Some of them are like that and some of them are quiet, reserved off in a corner. Yeah. Okay, so that might be one of the, the lies that we believe is that, uh, you know, that that we don't have much variety right. in in the as as boys in our family there might be some that are more sensitive more and some that are more rambunctious Good and, point. and uh, m- making it so that we let our boys know it's okay to be you totally and we kind of tend to define boyhood and manhood and womanhood by personality traits and i think god's word gives us a different different definition so our boys are all different and uh being loud and rambunctious isn't what it means to be a boy necessarily so in in the book, you you know one of the things. Uh, first of all, the the title is "Lies Boys Believe." All right. So specifically, when you're you're going through this and you're putting this together, what were some of the lies that that we hear and that we kind of just believe uh, without thinking about it? Just you know, it's just taken as as a truth that oh no, that's not true. That's actually untrue. What are what are some of those? Well, um, this this idea that uh, girls rule and boys drool is uh, <laughs> is something that you know we we don't believe that necessarily, but we believe a lot of the the lies that are woven into that for sure. Yeah, another one on the list is that following Jesus is boring, and I don't know that any of our boys would say that out loud, but I think there can be a temptation to think if following Jesus means going to church and sitting really still for an hour and singing songs that I'm not sure make a lot of sense to me, that can feel boring. So we definitely want boys to understand that following Jesus is a grand adventure. So how do you get that across to boys in this book as you share with them, hey, it's an adventure to follow Jesus? How do you explain that to your boys? Well, part of it is the format. and This book is one in a series of books. There's Lies Women Believe, Lies Men Believe, Lies Girls Believe, and they're all nonfiction, and we really wanted to write this one as a fiction book. So it tells the story of a dad and two boys that go on this great adventure out west. They go on a cattle drive, they rock climb, they get into some trouble here and there, but all along the way they're having conversations about who Jesus is, and I would say that is a pretty good um, model for how we share Jesus with our own kids. Jason's really good to talk to them about uh, faith when they're in the trout stream or when they're sitting in the deer blind, and um, we just hope to incorporate it into what I think is a exciting life. Yes, you know, um, 
the idea of you know spending quality time alone with your kids out where you can you can have their attention undistracted is is absolutely beautiful it's it can be a challenge to do that with yeah. your children how do you um in a in a practical application how do you go about combating the lies that are inundated to them through social media well one of the good things about that so far is that we've been able to dodge that bullet we don't allow our boys to be on social media yet they're still pretty young right uh and uh one of the lies that they believe right now is that they're the only ones in you know whatever age they are (laughs) in the whole world (laughs) in the history of creation that doesn't have that doesn't have a uh, social media account so we talk about that for sure but um one way that we're busy about combating those lies is keeping the uh, the lines of communication wide open and having those conversations regularly. Yeah, I think our goal, our oldest is just almost 16, so we're not experts in parenting, but um, I think one of our overt goals is to help our boys know how to think, not just what to think, and that takes a lot more time. Um, It's a bigger investment, and it can be messier. The lines aren't quite as clear, but we know we can't keep them from social media forever, so we hope we're developing those discernment muscles through just a lot of conversations. One of the lies I found intriguing is the lie of I'm too young to, and then blank. I'm too mm. young to, because uh, is there a, a tendency for parents to be like overly protective or not let their kids do stuff? Or the Absolutely. opposite feeling that, that the the child starts to feel inadequate and feels like that they just can't do it because they're too young. Yeah, I think we have this kind of um, secret timeline in all of our minds, which is, you know, we'll go to school and then we'll go to college and then we'll get married and then we'll get a good job and then we'll have kids and then our schedules are going to open up and we'll have the resources and we'll do something big for Jesus. And that's just not what we see in Scripture. And I can say that... um, Celebrating God working through your kids can feel really scary, and it can be risky at times. And we we don't always feel super comfortable with, you know, this kid wants to go on that mission trip or whatever it is, but they belong to Jesus, and the reason they were made was to give Him glory. And so it's part of kind of raising them with open hands. Um, I tell my boys all the time, I don't care what you do, as long as you do it for Jesus, Meaning, I don't care which vocation you pick. I just want you to use your life to glorify God. But I definitely think as parents, we can pull back on the reins and think that that's a someday thing. And Scripture is full of people that God called to build His kingdom mm. from very young ages. Yes, that's so true. And, you know, we have a tendency to believe that at some point we lose relevance to our children. That that yeah. it, that there's the there's such a a generation gap between who we are and who they are that that there's the the lie that communication can be strained. At least I look at it as a lie. And, and you mentioned keeping the the lines of communication open. How can you expand on that a little bit more about how do you bridge that generation gap uh, to where what you have to say in your wisdom still appears uh, relevant to our kids. Mm, that's good. Well, I think that that's a that's a struggle that most parents face at one point or another. And there's this this line I can't remember what what does uh, what does Helen say? Uh, some, oh, she says, "Pray it, don't say it." Pray it, don't say it. Right. Sometimes that's what you have to do. But 
one one way that I try to be intentional about those conversations with my boys to keep the lines of communication open is to be more about asking probing questions and because I, I feel like they know how to think. And if if I can ask the right questions and direct the conversation without manipulating in the right way, um, they'll be able to uh, come to the conclusions on their own, which is important as they get older. And uh, then a lot of times they'll come to me and they'll say something, and I'll say, are you just wanting to tell me this, or, are you, or do you want my advice? Oh. And if they say, I want your advice, then I... I'm free to share my advice, even if they don't necessarily like it. But if they're just wanting to tell me what happened to them, and they're wanting to figure it out, they just need somebody to tell it to, then I have to be willing to, to be that. Yeah, I have a little bit of a different approach with their mama every day of their lives. I really think that's probably true. Every day of their lives, I've asked them how I can pray for them. And sometimes I get an eye roll. That's just part of it. But um, there have been many times when they've said, Mom, can you pray for me about this test or this mm. whatever? They know that I'm going to Jesus on their behalf. And as I look forward through the years when their challenges maybe are bigger, I, I think they'll always know that their mama will pray for them. And that's just one way uh, for them to communicate to me what their, what their needs are. Very good. So have your boys gone through this book? And if so, what has really stood out to them? Yes, they were our, our beta group, our focus group. <laughs> I mean, this was a long project, um, and we would read them a chapter at a time. Some of the characters are kind of loosely based on them, or, and certainly on our family experiences. So they would say, I wouldn't do that, or I didn't say that, or that made me sound like a jerk. And so there was a lot of back and forth. And uh, Judah is our 10-year-old, and he's been our hype man for the whole project. I mean, he's been so excited. As soon as the books arrived, he like tore open the box and just buried himself. (laughs) He actually went to school as a bookshelf during the writing process so that he could tell people his parents were authors. So that's been so fun, and they've had really, really good feedback. And um, it's been a good source of dialogue for our family. So how do you jump from the lies to the truth? I mean, we've talked to them about the, the lies, but how do you do that with your kids to really replace that lie with the truth? So in those conversations where I'm trying to be a, more of a question asker than just here's the answer, uh, a lot of those questions are, do you, do you remember a story from Scripture that talks about a situation like this or... Um, you know, kind of the WWJD, mm-hmm. like how how does the Lord want you to respond in the situation mm. sort of thing? Well, and it's the, the Bible gives us that great picture of the wise man building his house upon the rock. And so there's a foundation that's built over time. I mean, um, we read our the Bible to our boys every night before bed, always have. Uh, our home has scripture all over the place. Uh, we sometimes discipline with scripture. We'll say to our boys, "What is a man without? What is a a man without self-control?" And they know to say back to us, "A city without walls." That's straight from scripture. So, you know, it's kind of like uh, to mix my metaphors, applying layer after layer after layer of paint. Um, and God doesn't just give us a USB drive, unfortunately, and download the truth to us all at once. But over time, I think we are helping them build their lives on the truth. And then when the lies come. Um, they can recognize them because they know what the truth is. Hmm. One important distinction is not to ever manipulate Scripture to manipulate your children. For sure. Um, oh, yeah. So in, in leveraging Scripture in discipline, it's 
more of a teaching moment than a you have to do this because of this. Yeah, that's it's, good. Uh, it, it, we want to want to follow the Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Amen. In your research and and using your kids as the beta group for for the research and development of the book, is there anything that caught you off guard or really surprised you as you were putting this all together? Um, I think one of the lies in the book is no one needs to know about my sin. And I think as parents, you assume, oh, my kid's not sneaking. Um, (laughs) I'm with him all the time. I would pick up on it. And the reality is we all have that propensity to hide. We see that in the garden with the original sin. And I I was surprised as we talked about that lie, that that is something my kids struggle with. Their impulse is to hide from me. And I can't always pick up on it. And so we don't want to go on... You know, we don't want to go snooping. We don't always want to be on high alert. But uh, a mentor of mine taught me to pray that if my sons are in sin, that the Lord would expose it quickly, uh, rather than me trying to always be on the hunt for it. And um, that's been a really good process for us. But I, I was surprised. We found we found a few surprises as we were um, writing that part of the book. And it's a really good reminder to us, too, to be honest with our kids about our failings. True. Very yeah. true. Because we're all we all fall short. We're all flawed. Absolutely. Well, and what what children who grow up and, and this is not a blanket statement because there's obviously other situations, but a lot of children who grow up in Christian homes in the church and then end up walking away from their faith later in life. Um, the reason for that is parents who are disingenuous who. Um, are one person on Sunday morning and a different person the rest of the week. Yeah. And we don't want to, we don't want to be that. We, mm-hmm. we want to be genuine with our children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amen. It's a good so the, the, uh, the book is the, uh, the lies that boys believe, which is a series, uh, you know, just one more in the, in a wonderful series. How do we, uh, how do we get a hold of the book and how do we learn more? Well, I hope you can find it everywhere, um, but probably the best place for you to go is reviveourhearts.com. That's the ministry where Jason and I are both on staff and as along with the other writers of the live series. Uh, you can also find some podcast teaching for the book there, and uh, you can get access to the parents' guide. There's a parents' guide that helps the parents have kind of guided conversations. So again, that's reviveourhearts.com. Thank you so much, Aaron yeah. and Jason Davis, for being with us this morning. Thank you so much. We're very grateful for the opportunity.